0: Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. Today I have my friend, one of my best friends, Jordan Schlegel, with me. What is up, Jordan? How
1: you doing, Chase?
0: You're pumped to have you on the podcast, bro. This <laughs> is a this is a treat for multiple reasons. But like people that don't know you, you know, you're you're one of those internet dark web. Don't have social media. Nobody knows you're a ghost. So you're showing your face on this place and it's going to be shown in different places that you'll, you'll never even know. It's an honor. Okay. Let me do this. Let me set some context for people that are listening. Cause, uh, you have uh, a pretty, you had a pretty significant impact on my life. This, why this whole podcast is about 52 conversations with 52 people who've made an impact on my life. 52 projects, what I've been calling it. Right. Uh, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to people in my life, but even really in the most, my adult life, like that's really where we were introduced. Uh, you've made a huge impact still do, but your, your friendship over those years, when we lived in Modesto, California, (laughs) when we first got married, in fact, we moved down there and we became friends before Holly and I actually got married. Uh, so we're talking about like 11 years ago, which is nuts when I think about that 11 years. Um, you've made a massive impact in my life, so that's why you're here, man. And uh, I really do appreciate it. I know you're busy, and I know you just had a new baby, which I'd <laughs> love to hear a little bit more about. You just recently got married, uh, not too long ago before that world. Um, uh, I mean, obviously before that, world, but uh, so dude, just yeah, thanks for jumping in today. Can't wait to have this conversation with you. Thanks
1: for having me, it's uh, it's definitely an honor.
0: So give me a uh, give me a snapshot just with the season that you're in right now, and then I'm gonna do like a throwback uh, to kind of where we met. But just w- where are you? Give me a little bit of your your family world when it comes to uh, like I said, marriage marriage and and having a kid. But what are you doing? Where are you at?
1: So I'm a recovering 32 year old virgin. Uh, so I just got married uh, when I was 32, about to turn 33. So uh or 31, you know. Basically I was I was in the 30s as a virgin. So yes. what's really matter if it was 32, 31, yeah. 33. So just uh been married now for about a year and a half. And uh we have a baby girl on she is now gonna be eight weeks old. So life is is awesome and sleep is not there and yeah. what day it is and what you're doing is all a little bit blurry. Yeah. And still in, uh, working full-time at one church and so does, uh, Brooke. So, you know, there's also that whole side of life when you're in full-time ministry, that's always a little bit crazy. So, um, it's awesome. We love it. Feels super, super blessed. Um, baby's healthy and Brooke's healthy. So nothing else really matters. Uh, yeah. and life gets put in perspective when you got a little one. So it's, yeah. uh, pretty awesome.
0: Dude, I'll never forget getting that, that, uh, that I don't know. If, I can't remember if it was a FaceTime. Did, did you guys face, I think you FaceTimed us real quick as you were driving yeah. and uh, like the thought of you guys being, being pregnant, but you be getting to be a dad is yeah. nuts. It's just nuts. But so, okay. Baby girl, what, what's her name? I just love her name. I want you to share that.
1: Right. Her name is Zara Alexandria, the second Schlegel. <laughs> and so, you know, most people are pretty dense. And so then they say, Whose name? Who else is Zara? And it's like, no, the second is on the middle name because Brooke's name is middle name's Alexandria. And they're like, okay, yeah, but who? Who else in your family is Zara? Like, so I, I just said it's. I know it's unusual, but it's on the middle name, you know. And most people, they it doesn't click, you know, and they just smile. You just smile back.
0: Yeah, I love the name and it does not there's no it's not it does not surprise me one bit that there's that yeah. kind of middle name associated and connected and I'm sure she's gonna love that throughout her life, the, having to explain that. <laughs> the
1: alternative
0: that I really wanted was
1: Alexandria the Great. Yes. But Brooke found that to be a little offensive or something. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't I don't I didn't understand that. So we landed with Alexandria the second.
0: Oh, bro! There's, there's one of the things that I'm hoping people will get as they get the time that we're going to have this conversation today. It, there really is not anybody on this planet like you in <laughs> so many ways. But, uh, but one of the things that unapologetically you are, uh, you are you, and part of that part of what drew me. Well, that hasn't been me. A lot of my life because of my own personalities and makeups and so being when we began to become friends back in 2012 uh, i was like this dude doesn't this dude is him like he's not trying to be anybody for anybody but him, but himself and uh, it was super refreshing but also like kind of intimidating to me <laughs> uh and i remember when we got to when we got to one church to be youth pastors back in 2012 right you were introduced to us as the uh, facilities, like one church facilities. I, I think at that time you might've still been technically facilities intern, but maybe, maybe not. Was that where you were at? Can you remember where they brief?
1: I was, I was just an intern, but we didn't have an intern program. Yeah. So then they had to like call me something a little bit more. So they're like, Oh, you're a facilities intern. So yeah. 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 That's where I was.
0: Yeah. So I have to, if, if could you give a snapshot of like that, that part of the testimony before stepping into there, but where, where we began, because like, I, I, I got you right on the other side of something pretty like significant that had happened in your life. And a lot of people probably don't know people that know you may not know that side of you before they met you from ministry or wherever else from the last 10 to 12 years. Give me, give us a snapshot of like the Jordan Schlegel story before, before all that.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, Grew up in church, but didn't start following the Lord till I was like 18, a senior in high school. And so that's when I started um, actually walking with Jesus. And so then life started to get a little crazy. And so I went went to college, felt the Lord speak very clearly to drop out of college. And um, I am 50% Japanese. And so that Japanese side of the equation, that'd be about the worst thing you could do in life is drop out of college but I felt like the Lord spoke very clearly. So I did it and uh, didn't have an answer as to what the next step was. And basically one thing led to the next and I was asked to be an intern, though there wasn't the intern program. And I just figured I'd do it. You know, I didn't feel like the Lord said to do it, but I was like, well, you know, I'm just gonna, there's no harm in doing it. And so I said, yes. And then, um, one thing led to the next and just kept, getting another position at the church was the facilities manager at the Modesto campus. And uh, then one day I was asked if I wanted to do the church budget and I had never opened Excel in my life. And I just said, sure. And so then from there I became the executive administrator of one church. And so I have one month of college to my name, I when I dropped out of college, I actually made three hundred and eighty two dollars from going to college because I had a few small scholarships, like, which is actually, also
0: which is also the most Jordan Schlegel thing ever. Yeah. Like, hey, you so, know what? I'm actually going to get something from you. So yeah. <laughs> they
1: they they paid me for my one month uh, at their university. <laughs> and uh Since then, yeah, my my degree is in life and in praying to the sweet Lord Jesus to help me know what to do. Yeah, and then Google something and then go in and act like you know what you're doing.
0: Yeah, okay. So there's there's multiple parts here. First, (laughs) firstly, um, you mentioned this briefly, but just to touch on it, from what a little bit of what I know, but and maybe you could speak into a little bit. You were raised in a Christian home right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, like your parents knew and loved Jesus for most of your life or all of your life. Uh, and then even in high school, we're at a Christian's or maybe how long, how long did you go to Modesto Christian? Was that just high school? Or was that before?
1: Uh, fifth grade all the way through. So I was homeschooled up to fifth grade and I started at Modesto Christian in fifth grade and that's where I graduated.
0: Right. So, but, but then I, but you said 18, it wasn't until 18 or so that you yeah. really like gave your life to Jesus. So like, what, what were those years of like, you know, being raised in a Christian home, being in a Christian school, and but but not knowing or really following Jesus for you, like what what to what happened that shifted that to that 18? Like what what was that moment or moments yeah. that led to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was just something that I always knew, just like a subject of math or science. And so I knew memory verses, went to church, did all the things, but it just wasn't a personal relationship with Jesus. And so there's no other way to uh, replace that. You know, either you have a real relationship or you don't. And um, something when I was a senior in high school that just really clicked that I I knew a lot of the things, but I didn't actually have a relationship with Christ. It wasn't like a living part of my life. And I figured... I should try that, you know, yeah. and I never doubted that, that those were good things or that God was real, but it just wasn't real to me as a person. So, yeah. um, at some point I just had to face within myself. I was like, either all these people are bat ish, crazy, or right. it's real, or it's you know, real. and if it's <laughs> real, then I want to try that for myself. Cause I, right. I, this is a good thing. Right. And so yeah. I was like, it's either I got to just figure it out for myself. And so then you just gave it a real shot and obviously God knows you more than you know, yourself knows exactly what you need. And so, um, it just came to life and, um, was filled with the Holy spirit and plenty of things highlighted, apologize to this person, do this, do that. I mean, just a real humorous thing of a come to Jesus moment, even though you've been at church your whole life. Right. And so, uh, it was revolutionary for me and hearing the Lord speak to you on a personal level to where, you know, the whole world could tell you you didn't hear that or sense that. And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I know I heard that from God. So like uh, it just, just life got real on on that front right in that 18 year old senior in high school uh, season of life for me.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking about the, the some comments I remember your mom b- would make when I was just getting there about like trying to explain a little bit of who you were to me and just how crazy it was at that point mm-hmm. that you were not only like kind of working slash volunteering at the church, but that that, that wasn't who you were. Was not who you were, who you were in that moment was not who you were, you know, throughout a long, a lot of those years and that she had been praying, you know, for yeah. God to really make himself real to you. But that's one of the things that I. I want to point out because there's a lot of people you know that when it comes to their faith when it comes to faith in general like I've got guys that are listening to this podcast um that have are, I'm in relationship with or friendship with even from like the gym which I'll we'll definitely talk about in a bit too uh <laughs> that don't have don't are Christians and don't follow Jesus but and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they just they they don't they rub up against not liking the concept of people telling them what is true or not true, uh, unless it's something they really believe for themselves. And that was something that I re- I recognize about your experience is your, like you weren't. No one was going to convince you unless it was something you actually believed in and experienced for yourself. And and so like that, I, I don't I don't know I don't want that to get lost or under. Um, I, I want it to be reiterated as people would listen. Like there's something about that personal experience and encounter that really is what people have got to have for there to be something real when it comes to like faith in in relationship with Jesus stuff.
1: Yeah. And I mean, people get all weirded out with uh, the Holy spirit and speaking in tongues. That's like, you know, Christianity on steroids, but I, I grew up in those environments. So though it's still weird, some level of it was normal to me. So I had seen people, You know, get slain in the spirit and fall over and things like that. I remember that. And so I had never experienced that for myself. And I was actually coming from the gym in a particular service. And so I'm in gym clothes at a small church night service. And I remember going to the front when they kind of had an altar call of that sort and thinking, like, there's no, I will not go down, period. Like, I, I had a little. I let me widen my stance. Let me get a little bend in my knees. Like <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I'm in high school. I'm an athlete. Like I'm not just gonna like fall over. Yeah. And I dropped. I mean, like, like, I mean. So even that detail, I specifically remember thinking, like, I'm not going up close. You know, yeah. stiff as a board and. Right. I could kind of get like pushed over or something. No shot. You know, I'm if I'm going down, it's gotta be for real. And like, so I go in with this mindset of like, I will not go down, you know, like, like I'm not just going with this stuff or whatever. Like I don't even know if I really believe it for myself. Right. And I got, I got dropped, you know, like, and so (laughs) those experiences too, like where it's like real, like I remember my thought process. I'm not looking at the others and being swayed by the moment or this or that I'm trying to, in essence, and stand in obstinance to it. Like, yeah. and yeah. so that, that, those are, that's a moment too, that I'll, I'll never forget. You know, yeah. it was just, it was real.
0: Right. So before, before jumping into like post that season, one of the things that I'd love, like, how do you, how do you not only maintain, let me, let me actually pitch, pitch it like this. Uh I've had a few of those moments in my life as well. And I'm sure people listening, some of them have as well. Uh, it seems like at times those moments can be few and far between or those like encounter moments that you're just, they're real. Like there, there's nobody, no one else can explain it away. You can't just, it's like, it's real and you know it. Um, how, how even at this stage in your life 10, 15 years later from maybe, maybe in that season, do, do you still position yourself or still pursue like having real encounters with God so that it does stay real for you? Like, what does that look like? How have you, how has that been a part of your life or is it a part of your life right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think there's seasons of all of life. And so what happened in the past in that specific encounter, more than likely, it won't be that same encounter down the road. Sometimes that's the way the Lord so moves, but it it looks and it feels different as you grow and mature and as the the call on your life is even different and your influence is different. And so I've, I've wrestled probably like with any human of like, Oh, it's not like it was before, but then you, your eyes are open to see um, life in a different way. Yeah. And so um, it's definitely part of my life. Now I pursue it. I'm I'm more intentional about it. I'm probably not as obstinate to it, you sure, know? And so sure. I think the Lord, opens your eyes on much more of a micro level and not always needing it on the macro level of, you know, this big experience. You know, right. I think you, you see the Lord opening opportunities and encounters in the smallest of things in your life. Um, and so I think that's, that's been a, a pivotal thing for me is to to see those things and give God the glory for those things and not write them off as coincidence or something that I'm just doing on my own uh, yes. means or power.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's good. So you, you had a radical encounter really that opened your eyes to who God was, power of God, Holy Spirit stuff that you're like, no, this is for real. And and here here we go. And part of that really changed the trajectory of your future, you know, like you mentioned, no, yeah. like dropping out of college really counter to what maybe the expectations were at that point or, uh, what people's hopes for what would make sense. And, and so when I showed up to Modesto in 2012, uh, you know, like we, you were there at the church in that space. And the thing that I began to experience as I got to know you a little bit there was, Oh, this dude's like fully surrendering his like life to the Lord, like to the point where he was like, yeah, no, I had good grades and some scholarships, and uh, but I felt like God said to step out of college to just kind of be available to whatever he wanted me to do. And at this point, the only next step he gave me was to go and serve and be a part of this church that you'd grown up in, but there was some transition, new leaders, my youth pastor from high school, Kyle Mm and Marcia Bethke had just become the new lead pastors. And that was how we came down there. You were just getting to know them. And so now we've got that piece of our lives. Like obviously you're still there on their team. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so you're, you've had just as much time actually now more probably than I have over my years. So we have that bond. Um, but, but like, I realized like this dude's actually surrendered. Yeah. This dude's actually surrendered to Jesus. There's a picture of him back there. He, he, him and, uh, him and Marcia are, uh, I'm hoping to have them, uh, well, not hoping they're going to be guests on here, but, uh, we're shooting for, for an episode later, later in the year, uh, maybe even in person. So I've been, uh, I've been hunting him down. Um, but man, okay. So, so, so that surrender though was, I don't know how else to say it. It was odd to me. Like it, it, it was uncommon. I I didn't really believe it for a while. Like I I thought to myself there's got to be more to the story here. Like this dude there's got to be there's this was my initial like perspective of of you which I know I know some of your initial perspectives of me but but I remember thinking to myself like there's no way this dude just like dropped out of college to just be here serving at this church. Like who would do that? Why would you throw so much of that life away in my mind to some degree with like your your time I and mean, you were there all day like it wasn't like you were just serving a couple hours you were giving your life and you weren't doing the like nice have coffee with this guy pastor him and you counsel him guy you were like cleaning clogged toilets kind of stuff and worse and so I was looking around going like maybe there's more to this story that people aren't telling me like maybe this dude's like you know he's he's I don't know, rehabbing something that like, you know, but, but I very quickly discovered like, no, this was legit. This dude's literally been impacted by God in a real way and is like literally living out the Christian experience of surrendering his life and future to the Lord. And it like just blew me away because I hadn't seen something like that with somebody in my season. you know you're a year uh, older than me, I think, right? Yeah, a year, few years. a year or two. I feel like yeah. you're, I feel like you were the same age as Holly, but maybe you're a year older than her, which would be, which would be too.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that, it's, so that, all right. like, I'm real. I'm really good at math. Yeah, I just
0: you <laughs> totally. But, but, uh, but so, I mean, that was part of my first impression was, and once I realized that I was like, I got to get around this guy. I want this guy on my team. I want him Around Holly and I and our ministry, like he—he's the real deal, and I have a lot to learn from him. Uh, And so I tried to, like, you know, uh, what was the word? Bribe you into like joining my adult leader team? Uh, Like, what can I do? I remember you were painting the youth room at one point, and I was coming in like, okay, what do I need to say to convince this guy that he I want him on my youth team? And I don't even remember what I said, but I walked away from that moment feeling like there's just no way he's gonna do it. Like, he—he's probably like, nah. But, but then you did a couple of days later, you came back and you're like, I'm in. And that really kind of was the the start, but you, you may have had it. you know, your impressions of me in the beginning may not actually have changed that much over the course of our friendship. But, uh, but I knew, I I knew you had, I knew you had some.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it was pretty simple. It was just very basic of like, this guy is way too nice. He's going to get eaten alive by these little teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know i don't you know there's some truth in that you know and yeah i don't know how much has changed since uh, (laughs) that initial read you know
0: (laughs) yeah no i'm just i'm just getting eaten alive by full-grown adults now in the in the space um (laughs) but man so one of the one of the things that i feel like you mentioned kind of the the, you started you know facility stuff and then just continue to uh, have opportunities kind of come your way that you know you didn't necessarily seek out, but because you had been really faithful and willing to do whatever whatever it took to serve, but also help uh, the mission, kind of moving forward, you you just kind of found yourself in places that were outside of your experience or even potentially qualifications, and yet uh, the Lord the Lord has used you and given you a lot of favor, and, and, and not just to like survive the role but to like really uh contribute and enhance and make better the situation that you were handed multiple times over and over and over i I think about your life a lot like like joseph to some degree you know not that i'm painting the season that you're in or have been in like the season that you know joseph was in with like being thrown in a pit or imprisoned or whatever but but the the same parallel of like this dude didn't ask for any of these things and yet In each one of those places and spaces or roles, he was just really faithful and trusting the Lord in those moments to do what he could with what God gave him. And then God just continued to elevate him. Can you talk about your version of that? Like how you've seen that play out in your life? And, you know, I think a lot of people in life look at like, how do I get to the next place by, you know, this stepping stone or jumping up in this way to try to get up to the top. You haven't done that. And yet, God's really elevated you to the top, if you will. What's, what's your view of this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think with that initial massive step of obedience to drop out of college, it was, I almost feel like it was easier for me. Like, you know, I don't have a single qualification of man to do anything like literally there's not a single job that like i have on a piece of paper the qualifications for i have one month i'm a i'm a you know yeah i graduated high school you know but like that's all i have on paper and so in some ways i feel like it was easy for me to just understand that i've i have tried to sign my life over to god and whatever role it is it doesn't matter i said yes to that initial step so whatever the next steps are they don't matter. Up, down, sideways. I, I'm I'm doing my best to say here's my life and the trajectory of man of a ladder going up or something, I'm saying no to, you know. And I said no to that by dropping out of college. So yeah. I feel like in some ways it is actually fairly easy for me to just know I already did the deed. Like there's not even any going back. Like, I mean, yeah, I could go back to college and restart that that wheel, but like right now i've yeah i've got nothing and so if it's facilities great and if it's this whatever like it it just it was simple to me to um because i didn't have anything to fall back on so (laughs) you know it it, it really was just this basic thing and then as i have progressed it's all the more humorous of like you know i don't know that i have you know i mean facilities interns pretty that's a pretty sweet gig you know like you you, you swing the hammer and the thing go you know so right it's just funny that the the things that we get in our head of what advancing is it's it's not and i mean you hear those cliches and this and that but like you know just being in obedience with the lord is truly all that matters and uh the position moving or pay moving or title moving they're just all things and like yeah. there's no there's no real substance to those things and if i if i can't say if i can't look in the mirror and say i'm i'm doing my best to obey what god's called me to do then it's i don't want any part of it you know yeah. and, and, and that has nothing to do with our definitions of advancement or or up or down or anything like that so in my flesh, I'm, I'm more jealous to go back to that facilities intern role. Like, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I've, so I've heard people say that, but I have not actually seen a lot of them live that out over a period of time. Like I've seen you do that. Like that's, that's part of the difference that I, I you know, when I think about who you are that I go, people will say that conceptually, or like, you know, they'll say that from a fundamental belief, but Yet their, their life doesn't match. They're trying to find or get up to the, you know, but, but you really have had that. I mean, 12 to 13, 14 years that I've known you, that's been your consistent track record. And, and so like, I I mean, yeah, just so to, to encourage you in that, bro, because Mm -hmm. you know, most, and and I don't, there's not a person that would disagree with me. Everybody that knows you and has been around you that Mm -hmm. they get the same Jordan. There's no, there isn't a, a chameleon duplicitous dude that comes in and out and is, I mean, you are. The president of the United States could walk in the room and you're going to you're going to you're going to have the same unfiltered joke or or comment that you would for somebody that's been your best friend for 20 years. And again, I, you know, I love that about you because it's authentic, you know, and uh, although I, there's definitely things I couldn't say that you say, uh, y- you know, you, you that's that's it. You've been that consistent, that consistent piece. But but no, but back to that, what you just said, I think that is so good and challenging. And, uh, and that's what I got to experience living day to day next to you for five and a half years in Modesto. Um, what I, what I'd love to do just for a moment, th- not everybody enjoys this because they just don't. And I, I know I I don't, but I, regardless, I don't care if you will or not, not enjoy it. So uh, I want I want to rattle a few things off that I, uh, when I think about you, I go, this is this is what like not only makes me want to be more like him, but it challenges me to be a better man, a follower of Jesus, etc. Um, but they're just things that I I recognize are kind of under that category of uncommon. Uh and and I want to highlight them. And and then if you've got comments about them, you can, but just sit back and receive it. Okay. Here we go. But one one of them is uh that your attention to detail with people when it comes to uh, the the care that you have and expressed and displayed for myself and holly and then our family but then i know we're just uh, on the long list of people that uh, you've done this for and continue to do this for um i've shared this story before but it's one of the ones that stuck in my heart in my my, my mind forever but you borrowed my truck when i first got there for some you know, church related thing. And, uh, and, you know, I don't know what, and it was probably some, something, some dump run or some pickup or whatever. And, uh, and I came back in, you know, I got back in my truck and my gas was full and it was just this moment of like, you know, you, I, I, it wasn't something I was expecting in any way, but you took that little extra detail to go, you know, and that was like one of 10,000 things that you found a way to do that wasn't just talk. It wasn't just words. It was like, uh, it was action and expressing love and care in a way that was a detail uh, to the things you've made handmade. Like I've got a, I've got a, a, a pour over coffee station back there. That's in every one of my episodes that are on zoom uh, that you handmade and handcrafted one of many things you made. Uh, but that, that for me has always been so challenging because it's, it takes time. It takes preparation. It takes calculation. It takes investment or sacrifice and it's not like it's not flippant and I just think a lot of people don't have the space or margin in their life to allow that kind of care to come out of them because of that uh, because of the the busyness or the, 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 the speed or pace that they live and that to this day is ingrained in me like how I can care for people a lot of the time is, is it's like Jesus is, you know, our ultimate standard. Right. But then there's like the human in person level that I have. I can, I can go up to and go what could have, or would have Jordan done here to make somebody feel cared for or love been something that's still challenging me to this day. Um, that's one. The other one is the consistency, bro. I don't, I don't know. I don't know another, I don't know a more consistent person in my life that I've met. That's, I mean, especially under 50, like, I mean, there, there might be some older generation, you know, men and women who, who have you because they've been doing it longer, but from, and this is where I want to kind of talk about the gym in a moment. Uh, But like the way you would every single day did not matter time or place. You brought your food or some form of food to eat in our meetings at the church. And it was always like a spread of veg, like fresh vegetables and like different kinds of proteins and, Like a utensil kit, and it was always like slow, and like just you just I watched you enjoy your food like nobody else. But it was consistent, and it didn't matter what the frick was going on. You were doing it, and that was like just a glimpse into the disciplined life that you'd had for so many days and and years that I knew you. And uh, and again, I, I have had such a struggle with discipline in my life. I get these high moments of discipline, going to the gym, eating healthy, whatever. And, and then, but would come back down for whatever thing and then come back. And for five and a half years, you were always this bar of consistency. That would be like, cool, 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 Chase. I'm glad you're doing that. Uh, I've been doing it for 15 years and I'm going to keep doing it with, unless you're, whether you do it or not. Uh, But the gym really became a place for you and I, that we spent a lot of time together talking and hanging out. And again, you'd been doing it for a long time, but uh, the gym has been something that i mean so much a part of your life can you can you give that snapshot like what have you why has that been such a piece of who you are what do you love about it how does it impact your life when it comes to working out and the gym
1: uh well first i'll comment on the initial filling up your truck with gas that you were a douche and had to have a truck and it costs like you know 175 dollars to fill that tank up and you know (laughs) on a little facility stipend it's a little little stings you know (laughs) stings on that one Uh, but uh Uh, um, the gym I I guess just even as a kid growing up you're playing sports and so you just want your body to be in a good shape and so just started working out like a lot of kids would do. And I just remember from a young age, I think uh, the first time I was in the gym was when I was 11. And then I started really kind of more so working out by 13 ish, you know, and so I just remember looking around the gym and seeing adults of all different phases and proportions of life. Yes. And I just remember thinking like, you know, I don't want to be that guy that's coming in when you're fifties, sixties, and never spent an ounce of taking care of your physical body, you know, and just seeing that struggle and just seeing other people that were maybe a little more familiar with the gym and just seeing how the literal difference and how they're moving around in the gym. I just remember thinking like, if I can, like, I'd rather stay in a spot where I am doing what I can, you know, yeah. and, and from that, I, I also remember a young age of just learning that truth of like, do what, do the things that I can control. I can't control how tall I am. The Lord right. made me a certain height, you know, I can't control, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I can't control that, but I can't control my physical fitness yeah. by what I input in that department. And, um, I just always remember just trying to be, uh, Just the strongest or best shape of myself you know i mean any of us are looking at others and comparing and and doing all those things but i quickly learned like well i'm a skinny guy and so i could do anything i want on this planet and i'm not going to be 250 pounds you know like I think I could take straight steroids and I want to be two fifty. So like (laughs) you just, there was that, that whole comparison kind of went out the door and just very quickly, I just learned to compete against myself and, and that be my driving force. And I think that's also how I don't really have those ups and downs because I'm not, I'm not doing it for any other reason other than to just be the, strongest and best and growing version of myself that I can be and I got to show up in order to answer that honestly you know there's no it's a very basic you show up or you don't show up in that equation and so um I just think through the years I've just tried to figure out a way to show up and seasons of life it's different sometimes you got more time sometimes you got less time and and just finding a way to um stay going even if it's 20 minutes you know i think a lot of people fade if it wasn't i don't get to lift the way i used to get to lift yeah you're in a different season of life and so figure out what you can in this season and 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 just go with that and so seasons change and it it changes faster than you realize and so you can't get too too up or too down on whatever it is currently
0: yeah that 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 place of not comparing yourself with or being, being able to accept and acknowledge your, your limitations with your body type or just that reality. And then like, okay, well, I'm not going to compare myself to the other people in this place. Cause this is, this is what I've got. So I'm competing with myself Think, thinking about that. That was so true. You, you never, I never got an ounce of, or a smell of like that you were worried about any of that. Uh, you know, again, something that like, again, I think people say, but you don't actually see it really true in their life because it's just, you can see it come out in different ways. I never saw that. Like it was legitimately true, but what's so funny about that was that every single time we'd be working out, somebody would come up, somebody would go over and be like, how are you doing this? (laughs) Like, what? how did you get that muscle on that part of your body that there shouldn't be that kind of muscle there? Like there shouldn't be three muscles there. How'd you do that? You know, bigger dudes, like guys that were like, you know, trying to, you know, and then so that, that concept to me always stood out too. Like you were authentically, you, you weren't trying to please anybody or impress anybody you were competing with yourself, but that was what was impressive. Like that was what was actually drawing people to you in that way. Yeah. So, so that's yeah, principally something else. Like, I think I really saw stand out about who you are. And, uh, and I really respected about you. Cause some, I mean, talk about one of the most plaguing things of, our generation uh, and younger, but people in general, especially with social media and all that, which you don't have, but uh, is the comparison world and people always inundated with thinking about looking like being like experiencing like other people that they're watching and seeing. And you didn't ever worry about that. And yet they were the ones that were like, teach me, (laughs) you know, Um, I'll just never forget those, those kind of things.
1: (laughs) I have, I have noticed too. I mean, any area of passion in your life like that, that you are putting effort and time into, like you also quickly, you have to get to a place to know it's not just about you either. Like the amount of conversations I do get to have with these dudes that are scary looking guys or whatever it may be. Like I don't get that opportunity. Um, built in to normal life when I'm at work in a suit, right? But when I'm at the gym, there's people that need Jesus and and a door is open simply by a passion of my life, a byproduct of that passion, you know, and, and I get to speak and have a relationship with people that don't know Jesus at all uh, in a whole different lane Uh, yes it's just a completely different sphere of everything else in my day-to-day life is that time at the gym right and uh i've gotten to invite uh one of my friends currently there that's tatted up and everything and he came to easter service and sat in the front row and when i invited him he said church that's some effing good ish to get in you huh and i was (laughs) like yeah that's that's basically the way i look at it you know (laughs) And Bro, that's, so it, that's the
0: next campaign slogan for Easter 2023. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you say that one more time? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I just think, too, like any of those areas of passion, you know, yeah. you, you truly look at the ways to make it be about other people, too, about finding Jesus, even just on a relational level. Like, you know, they'll come talk to me and then eventually, like, I follow Jesus and that comes out, you know, right. so – it's been it's been really cool to see how that has played out in yeah. life
0: yeah when you when you think about where you are when you think about where you want to go in life you know to some degree uh i know you know you live pretty principled day by day in the in like you know again but thinking about people that really live out the seize the day, you know, you're, you don't have nothing's guaranteed tomorrow kind of thing. So live today to the fullest has again, been one of those things I've watched you do for years. Um, but I want to get into that question, kind of getting close to wrapping this conversation up around stuff that you feel like what has held Jordan Schlegel back from, from being who he knows God has made him to be. And like, how have you navigated that and even overcome some of that to where you are today because i mean um if you if people take a step back and look at your life it doesn't appear like there's very much that holds you back uh that whether it's external or internal you've got i mean looking at the way you're dressed right now like this is true to who you i mean you know there's like you classy dressed up for doesn't matter what the occasion like you 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 come into the environment like this is me right but that so even that you know i somebody would look at you and go like well the, the dude's the dude's crushing it he's living nothing's holding him back he's confident He, he's secure he's um and that now some of the things that have been longings for a long time he's married he's starting a family like but 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 is there something and how have you navigated the stuff that's held you back being who you were made to be speak to that maybe a little bit
1: yeah I mean I think that comparison thing of like we're all human like it doesn't we know that everybody's human but still somehow in our brain we think yeah that person's got it together that person's a mess or whatever it may be but it truly is an equal playing field like it doesn't matter what it looks like everybody's got the same insecurities and tensions it's just a different flavor with that person and there are different seasons where maybe it's a more of a struggle or less but i mean yeah i'm 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 a mere mortal so the the comparison things the is it worth it the inner doubts fears all those things are it's the same battle for me it's no different i think um you know in order to for me to stay consistent, it doesn't just happen on its own. It's still right. a battle to, right. to keep, keep that line. And and that battle is above it and below that line, given the topic in the season. So, yeah. um, you know, what am I still doing here? I'm still in Modesto, you know, all those things of like, maybe it's not advancement up a corporate ladder, but still just like, why am I still here? Like, did the Lord actually call me here? You know, like all those things, those sure. are all, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm battling through all that 24 seven, you know, I mean, in different versions and capacities or just, yeah, why, why am I working so much? What's the point of this? You know, even the gym, even though I love it, like, why am I still going to the gym? I know exactly how strong I am and I can push it, but I still, at this point, I kind of know the range that's kind of possible. So like, what's the point, you know, all those things are still going on internally, um, you know, you're, you're fighting those battles inside for sure. And so, um, I think a lot of the way I'm structured is to, to internalize things. And so, you know, even something as simple as sleep is not a guaranteed for me as I'm processing a lot of things and fighting a lot of working through things in my head, whether it's a good thing or a difficult thing. So, um, you know, that, that's a, that's a lifelong battle for sure. And, um, you know you you, you just you, you navigate those things and though those blessings come with marriage and a kid you know those cliche things that we've heard our whole lives yeah. they're very true you know that that doesn't check the box of now right. i'm fulfilled you know right. it's um there is fulfillment in it but the box is never checked it's it's only the lord it's only jesus and if anything you just made your equation more complicated in a good way and in a challenging way so um you know it's that that i've i've enjoyed that season that i'm in right now but back to like what i said before of like you know that intern facility gig (laughs) it seems Things seems yeah. pretty sweet, yeah. you know that single life and yeah, yeah, s- you know life is simple. So e-
0: energy drinks, you know, yeah. nothing is uh, nothing, nothing to worry about. But but how yeah. my fa- how my fantasy football team is doing? And uh, I mean, that's not much has changed there. Obviously, let's there be you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no.
1: talking about consistency. Consistently beating you in fantasy football <laughs> is is up there on my fulfillment list of life. But you know we go. There's the backs and forth. That's fantasy football.
0: <laughs> Get out of here, bro. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one. This is the. I, I forgot to ask this earlier, and I don't want to. I don't want to end before it, because this one is something I had. I've had it, Riley. Riley Silva, my buddy. You know, mutual friend. Uh for, for the last five and a half years even being or six years being here in Olympia, you know, when people like ask me whatever, like my I have two best friends, Jordan Schlegel and Riley Silva, you know, that's they so they know those two dudes. And um one of those things that we Riley and I talked about in on, on our conversation was just around the God's timing and how, in the way that you opened up this conversation about being a uh, a thirty-one or thirty-two-year-old virgin and that idea of, uh, you know, getting married and, and maybe later than you would have wanted to or thought you were going to, um, and yet now here you are married to an incredible woman and uh, a baby that you guys made together that is beautiful. Uh, Like if you've got something that when you think about that, you think about that journey of the waiting and then God's timing and what you're in now uh, for the person that maybe is in a similar season or in a similar place of discouragement or hopelessness, how would you encourage them or what would you say to that based on walking the journey personally uh, for those a long time for those years and then being where you are now?
1: I think I'd say you are stuck. You are screwed. Life is difficult. You know, I mean, I, I, perfect, I perfect,
0: mean, perfect. I can I can <laughs> clip, I can clip that perfect for an Instagram <laughs> reel. And so that's <I> perfect.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think all those cliches we all live by, especially as Christians, there really is a ton of truth to them. But like, um, I think like, yeah, it's, uh, there's trade-offs in every season. And so there's the challenges when you're single and and desiring that marriage relationship or a family. And then there's challenges on the other side of the equation once you have those things. So like you don't get out of the challenges. And and so that we focus so much on that because we are human and God created us flesh and blood and that's a real part of us. But like, walking with Jesus and being obedient it's everything. If you're yeah. doing that while you're single, life is good. And if you're doing that when you're married, life is good. And yeah. if you're not doing it in either side, life's going to be terrible, you know. Yeah. And it might be it might feel okay or for a quick moment, but things fall apart and and you've only As I said earlier, you're only adding complications to your equation when there's more people in the equation, you know, and when you have a wife and you have kids, there's, there's more to it. And so, um, you know, truly doing everything you can bottle up those emotions and energies to be content, you know, and and work at that. It's not, it's not something you just say, you got to put in the work, just like you got to put in the work when you're married. Like it's not just all lovey dovey there's those seasons naturally and then you got to work at it, you know? And so, um, it doesn't change, you know, the encouragement is encouragement and discouragement. Like, yeah, life is life. You've served the Lord yeah. in all that you do. doesn't, the things, the the pivotal moments that we pinpoint on our calendar in our life in eternity, they, they don't even exist. It's just a man-made, it's just a Google calendar thing. Like, um, You know, so walk with Jesus, be honest with yourself and others and Jesus. Like, don't, don't act like you're not feeling those things, but don't like give in, you know, and, and, and put that on the pedestal. You're just as important and loved by God. And we would say that when you're single as you are when you're married, but we act as if it's not, you know, but it really is true. You're just as called, you have just as much purpose and meaning and all those things. And if anything, in one hand, you're more potent when you're on your own. It's simple. I heard God, I go do it. You right. know, and, and not that we aren't called to live that way with a family, but you got an extra hoop to jump through. Right. There's, an there's extra more, more factors to to, right. to to bring along. And when you're single, boom, you're you're quick, you're agile, you're you're um, so there, there there's just it's trade-offs and there's there's meaning on both sides. Yeah. It doesn't get easier on either side. There's yeah. its challenges, and there will be challenges on the other side.
0: Yeah, so good, boom. Well, dude, I I uh, I can't communicate enough just how much you've meant to me over the years, and and still still are. I mean, I think about this life that the short blip, blip that it is on the spectrum of eternity, uh, having the opportunity to have some just really meaningful friendship, uh, like not just you know, those surface events or high. I mean, I mean all, all night long kind of stuff like in my garage, fix it and putting drywall to, you know, trips to on the roof of the church, trying to shoot and scare pigeons. I mean, I mean, bro, I'm telling you the, the depths of, of gratitude in my heart for the, the memories and the things that, that we've gotten to have together. I'm so thankful for. And I just, uh, there's a lot that were deposited in my life in that, that season in Modesto. And he used uh, some great people to do that. But, but one of the most significant was you and, uh, getting to see you be a husband and a dad, even from afar now brings me and Holly, a lot of joy. And, uh, and we really love you and Brooke and Zara and can't wait to meet her. I can't wait to hold her. So, um, thanks for joining me today and taking your time to be here. I I know people are going to be challenged and encouraged by this conversation and I can't wait to see you in person. And again, yeah, get to see your, little baby. So thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate it, man.
1: It's an honor. Love you, man.
0: Love you too. Until next time. Thanks for listening.